When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. He leads away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth Hello and welcome to the Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. And joining LJ and I on the Scoop today is Lauren Cheadle, the newest addition to the Aussie squad. Um, I said this to Cheats. I don't think there'd be a single cricket fan in the world who has followed Cheats' journey and isn't stoked to see her um, back in that squad. So yeah, Lauren Cheadle named... 15 others in the Aussie squad. LJ, you were on the um, press conference with coach Shelly Nitschke yesterday. What did Shell have to say about the squad they've picked? Um, yeah, it was an interesting chat. Obviously, um, Lauren Cheadle is the, the big name coming back in. They want a bit more, a few more options in there in terms of the pace bowling for that test match yeah. at Wankiti, particularly with um, Darcy Brown still mm. getting over that hamstring injury yeah. and they don't really know what those conditions are going to look like at all. So I think she'll be around as cover for the ODIs and T20s cool. if needed. Yeah. Um, even though she's not currently in those squads, mm. which is cool. Um, sounds like Darcy Brown is tracking all right. Um, okay. Still no definitive answer on whether she's going to come back this WBBL season, which is a bit strange <laughs> when there's not much WBBL season left. No, it's a shame for the strikers. It is. But it's... Um Hasn't been the worst result for the fans on Twitter. <laughs> no, that was absolute highlight at Karen Rolden Oval. And look, it's also given Anisu Mishangwe a, yeah. a chance to really perform a key role with the strikers. So that's, that's mm. where Darcy's at. It sounds like she will be making herself available for that test if selected. Uh, the other update was Midge, who yeah. again, on her current timelines, is mm. expected to be fit for the test. Um, obviously, Moons is the backup keeper in that squad. If they get a bit closer to the time and it doesn't look like Midge will make, it, then they will fly wicket-keeping cover over there. Yeah. Um, it's just not a call that was needed to be made at this point in time. Midge, like, um, you know, she's been popping up on the uh, commentary and on the blast and whatnot. She sounds like she's pretty keen to be a part of that test match. Yeah, I think unless something goes wrong with her recovery yeah, um, in terms of an infection or, mm. or something, I, I can't see why she, she wouldn't be there. It seems like she's well on track. Yeah, good to hear. And no, we are not over Meg's retirement just yet. Um, no. That's still very raw for LJ and I. Um, I think, yeah, maybe some people were expecting a full-time captain to be named um, in the wake of Meg's retirement, but for multiple reasons. That's not quite possible, is it? 
Yeah, I think typically if Meg isn't in a squad, they just name a captain with the squad. Yeah. Someone did point out to me that it is a, a bit more complicated than that. Now that Meg's retired, they have to actually appoint a full-time captain. Mm. It's not just an interim role. So that involves a fair process to senior yeah. members of the team who'd want to be considered for that. There'll be a lot of conversations that have to take place. No mm. doubt the selectors have a leadership pairing in mind, yeah. but they probably have to talk to those players about their futures at the international level and mm-hmm. where they all fit into it. And on top of that, they also have to get board approval. Yeah. So it's, someone pointed out to me there were three business days between Megan announcing <laughs> her retirement and the squad coming out, which you can see why they haven't had time to work through yep. those that process yet. I mean, they're all kind of busy. Everyone's playing WBBL as well. <laughs> yeah, and they do have a month till they leave for India. Yeah. I think if they were leaving for India this week, they would have rushed the process. Yeah. They would have not rushed it, but got it got it done. Yeah. But there's, there's no need to rush it. They want to do it properly. Mm. They want yeah. it to be a fair process and... It's very exciting. It's going to be very exciting to see where that lands in the next couple of weeks. It is. It is going to be very exciting. So it's pretty full on uh, straight after WBBL. There'll be not much rest before those Aussie girls jump on the plane in preparation for that first test in Mumbai. WBBL land. There is just 16 games to go, which is, we say this every season, but it's astounding how quickly it goes. The week that's just gone, LJ, um, any highlights for you? Any standout performances that you particularly enjoyed watching? Um, I thoroughly enjoyed Beth Mooney's work at Junction Oval last Sunday, hitting that century. She's a good player. She's good. She's very good. <laughs> she was in the 80s um, at the start of the final over and then just hit four fours in five balls and oh, got a ton. So she's so good. <laughs> just ridiculously good. Um, and, yeah, very, very cool to see that live. Yeah, did she? Did you spe- did you speak to her after the game? Did um, no, it was all a bit hectic with um, the the double header. But oh, true. Um, yeah, I spoke to her the day before, okay. um, and she seemed in in very good spirits and very happy with how herself and Sophie Devine are chugging along at the moment. They yeah. were um, quite chuffed to see themselves take that outright record for oh. most hundred run partnerships in WBBL history. Those two, those two, two good players. Yeah, and how about you? Yeah, Sophie Devine. <laughs> Good player. Um, ridiculous, ridiculous form over the weekend. I think she had, what, 106 in Brisbane um, on the Thursday and then followed that up with um, unbeaten 70 at the Junction Oval. When she hits the ball, it just sounds different. She's so strong. And when she's in form like this, it looks like no one can stop her. And it must be a pretty scary prospect for all other teams coming up against the Scorchers at the moment because these two at the top of the order and then you add in Nat Siverbrand. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. They're looking dangerous. Absolutely. Um, really dangerous. Um, they, they seem to be finding form at the right time. They've got yeah. a few different contributors. Wins of the week, Em. Wins of the week. My two favourite wins of the week. Sydney Sixers getting two over the Hobart Hurricanes. Um, as we know, and as we've spoken about um, a couple of times, it's been a rocky start for the Sixers, but it looks like they're sort of coming together. And as Lauren Cheetah will mention later on in the episode, um, it's not thanks to the names you might expect. I mean, they've got multiple players standing up. We've seen Elise Perry and Ash Gardner play really well at different points in time. But um, on Monday night um, down in Hobart, Chile Hobart, the Sixers, they were chasing 139 um, against the Hurricanes and... They were making a bit of a meal of it, to be honest. Um, they were like losing wickets pretty quickly uh, at five or eighty-six at one point, and it looked like the Hurricanes were gonna were gonna hold on. But then Matilda Carmichael um, 
just comes out and plays her role to absolute perfection. 32 not out, didn't make any silly decisions. And I think the Sixers girls were absolutely pumped to see uh, Tilly Carmichael in her first season um, for the Sixers getting a really important win on the board. And now the Sixers, after yeah a rocky start, as we said, it looks like they're, they're strong finals contenders now. They've just got to keep, keep this momentum up and they can... They can be in that top four. So, yeah, the Sixers getting two wins on the board and keeping their final stream alive was good to see. What about you, LJ? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed watching the Heat Strikers match up at Mackay. Yeah. It's always great vibes and a great crowd when the WBBL goes up to Mackay. Totally. And this was just a really interesting match. Um, obviously, two of the contenders in this competition. Yeah. Um, the Strikers were in a fair bit of trouble at four for 71 after in the 14th over. Then Maddie Penner came out, hit a pretty quick 50. Danny Gibson got 34 off 17. And yeah. suddenly they got up to four for 137, which, is, mm. you know, it's all right. It's yeah. not the sort of total we're used to seeing at Mackay. It's usually a yeah. fair bit more higher scoring. But yeah. it got the Strikers into the game. And then when they um, had the heat at three for 50 and then four mm. for 98, they're in a bit of trouble. And yep. it took uh, Mignon Dupree to step up with a, a 60 to again, put the heat in front of the game. It looked yeah. like they were actually going to chase it easy in the end, but it went down to the final over. Four runs needed. Beth oh. Heath faced three dots. Oh, no. <laughs> Things are getting a bit nervy with four needed off two. but um, Four off two, that is nervy. <laughs> she, she did hit a boundary and got them home. So that was a really interesting match that swung both ways quite a lot between um two of the, the contenders. Yeah, it's I love it when it's, it's always exciting when um, two contenders are coming together and they seem they always seem to throw us a little bit like you expect one team to get over the top and doesn't which is making the run home to the finals very exciting with just 16 16 games to go so looking at our top five now as it stands the the Sydney Sixers who are currently in fifth position but they've kind of got a bit of momentum with them and the Thunder have lost a couple what do we reckon like who who's the team that's going to miss out yeah, it's set up to be a really interesting final week with like yeah. yeah, one point separating first and fourth and then the Sixers three points behind. Yeah. And the Sixers have four games left and they have to play the top four teams. Yeah, that's tough. So as uh, Lauren Cheadle points out later, if they can win those games, they definitely have proved they belong in finals. 100%. Can't win yeah. those games and it's probably fair that they, they do finish outside the four. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, and if they do get in, someone else has to miss out. Um mm. I feel like the Thunder might be losing momentum at the wrong time. Yeah, I know. And they're losing their English players, which is unfortunate for them as well. Yeah, it's um just feel like they've had a couple of losses in a row and yeah. Meanwhile the the Heat have quite an easy run home comparatively. They're playing the Melbourne teams over the next few matches um, and then the, the Scorchers seem to be in a really good spot at the moment too, same with the Strikers. So it just feels like maybe the Thunder are, are dropping off at the wrong time for them to make the four. Yeah, yeah. You get the feeling that somebody needs to lift. I feel like we haven't seen the best of Marazan Cap, this no. WBBL. She could be the one that does it. And what I would love to see is that last game of the regular season, Sydney Smash at the SCG, oh. and it's between the Thunder and Sixers for that last spot in the finals. Because at the moment, it's looking like that may be the case. I feel like we manifested that <laughs> at the start of the season. That would be very exciting. It's going to be a very, very exciting run home to the WBBL finals. And finals, LJ, we're going to have, we got the news come through uh, last week that um, no English players uh, for the WBBL finals, which is a blow for multiple teams. Yeah, so it, it's an interesting one. Um, England are playing 
in India before the Aussies go over. Their first match is November 6th and they yeah. are all due to arrive in Mumbai on the 2nd of December, which is the same day as the WBL final. Oh. So look, there is still a chance that if a team with a, an English player in there makes it, they might get an exception. They're not going to miss a game. They're going to arrive literally 24 hours after they were due to. Surely. Um, but if that is the case and it does mean that um, England players will be available for the, the challenger and the eliminator, just not the final. Yeah, okay. Uh, the other interesting side of that is that New Zealand and South Africa are both playing matches on the 3rd of December. Oh. But their players have all been given permission to stay for the entire tournament, which is also a really tricky thing with scheduling because it's fantastic for the WBBL if the Scorchers make it, Sophie Devine's playing, if the Heat make it, Amelia Kerr's playing. Yeah. You know, Laura Woolvart, Marazan Cap will all be available if their teams make the final. Mm. But that does mean that potentially New Zealand and South Africa's captains aren't playing their series openers. That's pretty tough, which kind of a bit unprecedented. Yeah, it's a tricky one because, and it shows why we really need clear windows for these yeah. T20 leagues to yeah. exist and not overlap with international cricket because you want the biggest stars playing the WBBL, but you also want players representing their countries. Totally. So did they have permission um, at the start of the season? Like that was always the plan? And yeah. And the series, the dates were locked in later? Um, so these series were locked in well before WBBL started. Yeah. They were just always given NOCs that said they could remain here for the entire WBBL, which some of these tricky things that boards are trying to work through at the moment. And yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. And um, hopefully in the future there can be a bit more clarity around these windows and, and yeah. making sure players are available for, for both. everything. Yeah, for everything is ideal. Um, the other bit of news that we've got through is the, the dates and the venues for the final series. So all clubs have listed um, their preferred venues. What would, for you as a fan, put your fan hat on, where do you reckon would be the best spot for the WBBL finals? We've got the Eliminator and Challenger, um, both hosted by the team that finishes second, and then uh, the final, obviously, hosted by the team that finishes first. What do you reckon is the um, optimal setup there? <laughs> good question. <laughs> Fortunately, I think all four options that are in play are good. Yep. Um, Agree. Which is a good thing. North Sydney, obviously, is always a vibe. Always good. Yeah. Always attracts a good crowd. Um, haven't been to AB Field or WBBL at AB Field for a few years now, but that always seems that to be a vibe, yeah. A good crowd and a vibe, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, if the strikers may host at the final, it's at Adelaide Oval and they can get a huge crowd, that would be epic. That's a win. That's a win. Let's say... And the um, Whackers had really strong crowds and really good engagement this season too. Agree. So what, what do you reckon? It's kind of a win-win. I've I reckon... absolutely sat on the fence there and given absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I want to see the final at the Wacker. Nice. I really enjoyed my time there. And they got 15,000 people to Optus yeah. two years ago for yeah. a WBL final. Yeah. So and I'm not also... sure what the capacity at the Wacker is now with the construction, no. but... It could no. be pretty big. It could be big. And they're also not getting a stadium series game um, because of Coldplay. Selfish. <laughs> Jeez, Chris Martin. <laughs> so I reckon, yeah, it'd be great to see uh, the Perth locals turn out in fourth force for a, a WACA final. Um, so the dates for those, Eliminator on Tuesday the 28th of November, followed by the Challenger the next night on the 29th of November, and then the final on Saturday the 2nd of December. So those dates in your diary. And we will let you get on with listening to a really fun chat with uh, Lauren Cheadle, the latest addition to the Australian squad. Thanks for listening. 
Lauren Cheadle, thank you so much for joining us on the Scoop podcast today. It's great to see you. Firstly, massive congratulations to you for your um, Aussie squad call-up. Um, sure we speak on behalf of all cricket fans who have followed your journey that it's so good to see you back in an Aussie squad. Um, firstly, talk us through it. Like, how did you get the news? Who called you? Where were you? And what was your reaction? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, we were in Hobart, actually. It was the day of the game before the Hurricanes. So um, I'd just been out for a walk um, and it was so breezy and so cold that I was just wrapped up in my bed, like scrolling through TikTok. And then Flegs <laughs> um, called me and it, you know how it comes up in the top of your phone. And I kind of like threw my phone a little bit because I was like, <laughs> like, what have I done? It was like, well, what have I done wrong? Like, what could I possibly done wrong to be getting a call right now? <laughs> Um, and I picked it up and he goes, oh, like, we'd like to take you. He phrased it as Christmas in Mumbai um, because the test obviously goes to the 24th. So you'll be in Mumbai. Yeah. And I, I was really taken aback. I was like, oh, like, I actually asked him, I was like, are you serious? Are you sure? Like, <laughs> like so at, it just felt so out of the blue. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of missed the other half of the conversation. So I can't actually tell you what the full conversation was because after I heard like going to India, I just kind of phased out completely. Yeah. And then I got really emotional and I was sharing um, a room with Maitland Brown. Oh my God. And I was like crying and I was like, well, I have to tell her because she's going to ask me what's wrong and they're not yeah. sad tears, they're happy tears. So I ran in and I like dropped my phone in her room and I was like, I'm going to India. And we both like, we're really happy. And she's like, you have to call your mom, you have to call your dad. Um, so I did the, the family calls and, and they were all over the moon and, and crying as well. And you know, when your parents cry, you cry more yeah. and Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, lots of happy tears. But yeah, it was a really exciting time. Flags must have so many crazy conversations where like he catches people so off guard. Yeah. And you always, we well, have to start phone calls with like small talk. So he's like, oh, how's the weather? And I'm like, oh, how windy, you know, hopefully no rain. And then like you've got to get into the serious stuff. So it's like hanging on every word, like what's going to come next? Like you've obviously been having amazing WBBL so far, but was Aussie selection on your radar at all? No, like I, I honestly put it so far in the distant future and um, I kind of got to a really good place in my career, whereas if something was to come, it was to come and it's out of my control and just to enjoy what I'm doing in the moment. And um, I think that's what is happening with Sixers right now. I'm really enjoying playing for the Sixers and, and bowling those overs in the middle and through the surge and, and up front and just having the challenge of those overs and enjoying that experience. And um, yeah, it kind of, to me, feels like it's come out of nowhere, but at the same time, like I'm so excited for the opportunity and really looking forward to getting over there. So Cheats, you first got the call from an Aussie selector back in 2016 as like a 17 year old. So you're 20, how old are you now? 25? Just turned 25. Yeah. So still very young, but what was the difference between those two phone calls? I have a really bad habit of actually like not remembering the phone calls. <laughs> I don't actually remember the phone call initially, but um, I do remember I was still in school and yep. um, I think my, my view on world cricket was very different to what it is now. And yep. as a young athlete, I probably didn't um, realize how important it was to be playing for Australia and how amazing that experience was at the time. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I kind of, I suppose, out of touch a little bit where I was, I was in school and then I went to world cup and then I came back and, you know, did my exams and yeah. I was just a cricketer. We trained, we trained twice a week and we played, you know, six games in the year. The big bash for the women hadn't started yet. Wow. Um, and then I feel like I more realized that when it was taken away. Um, yeah. So I think I'm, I'm holding onto it a lot more tightly this time. And um yeah, I'm really pumped to be able to go. Yeah, so the last time you were in India, I remember you were in year 12 and uh, it was for that T20 World Cup. What do you remember about that that tour and that experience? Um, 
Yeah, so many emotions. It was it was so cool, and um, you know, I was under the impression I was going over there to to run drinks and and be around the squad and see what that was like. And um, I ended up playing a couple games, which like was so crazy and so wild. And the atmosphere over there is is absolutely amazing, especially mm. around a World Cup. And it was the same time as the men, so um, we're playing on these big grounds, and the men run after us. And um... ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. As a cricket lover, I was just in heaven. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, uh, we didn't we didn't win that um, that World Cup. We we came second, but um, as a whole, the experience is one that that I won't forget. And literally a week later, I was back at school doing a maths exam. So um, <clears throat> to put into perspective, like it was another world, and it was so crazy, so crazy. Um, so cheats. It's the test squad only did flags. Explain a bit of his reasoning there. Yes and no. I think they um, have come off the back of of the Australia A tour. Um, mm, yeah. And we had a, a three-day Red Bull um, practice game there and um, the girls obviously had the test match and that's all Red Bull cricket that's been played for the girls yeah. since then. And, um, yeah, I think he was just saying that, that he they liked um, what I was doing over there and, and to reward that with a with a test selection um, and just that I was a, a backup for the, the ODI and the T20s. And, um, you know, I can see why they're the world's best, best team and um, there's no need to change something that's working and, and the world's best. So... Um, I'm just wrapped that I can be there and, and learn off those players. And, um, yeah, I, I, I can completely see why they're not changing that squad. But, um, yeah, I'll be doing my best to try and get my way in there somewhere. So you were sort of in and amongst the squad um, back in 2017 around that Ashes test at North Sydney Oval. But I think it was an injury niggle that kept you out of the team. What would it mean to you to um, maybe get a baggy green? Yeah, I um, I ran drinks for that test match and then after that test match I had a scan and I had a, a stress in my back, which was really unfortunate um, mm. timing. It put me out for, for quite a bit, but at the same time I got to watch Pez score 200 at North Sydney in a, in a pink ball test, which was pretty incredible. But um, I hadn't really thought about making my debut in the test squad. I, I honestly thought it was potentially past um, my playing career and um, 
like I just look back to when I'm a kid playing in the backyard. My brother and I were Australia and England and I was always um, <laughs> Australia and we had like little fake baggies and, um, wow. you know, just having the time of my life. So I think um, like for that little girl, it would be an amazing experience and the journey that I've kind of gone through to be able to be just in the squad alone is um, unreal. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it would mean a lot to me, but also my family, um, my dad especially, um, even though he is English, he, he can't he can't wait to watch it over there. So, um yeah, I think it's a bit beyond words. It's more of a feeling. It's just um, something that I think every every kid dreams of. So good. We know you love cricket. Like um, I'm sure you saw the video where a lot of <laughs> girls um, named you as the biggest cricket nerd. Is Test yeah, cricket stitch up? Stitch up. <laughs> but confirm or deny? Oh, I love cricket, but I think all of them do as well. They're like closet <laughs> cricket nuffies. They just don't want to admit it. Ash Gardner was like, she even watches The Shield. We're like, yeah, that's, that's a normal thing to do. <laughs> I feel like that's normal. <laughs> Spotting the boys. Is test cricket a format, like, do you love test match cricket? Yeah, I love it. I used to sit down with my dad and just watch it for five days straight as a kid um, and just talk tactics and and question him, like, no tomorrow to, to learn the game. And I think it's the purest form of cricket and the way that a game can change what feels like really slow, but in terms of a game, it's really quick. And yeah. I, don't, I just love the, the art of bowling and um, watching someone set a batter up for for X amount of overs and you can't really do that in, in T20 cricket as much. Mm. Um, you're kind of chopping and changing a lot. So to get into, to see bowlers get into a rhythm and um, and play test crickets, yeah, it's really exciting. It's something I've always loved. Yeah, how have you found that when you've had a chance to do it in like these three-day warm-up matches? Oh, we got absolutely pumped against England. They scored 300 in a day um, and Tammy Beaumont scored 200. She's in yeah. red-hot form. So yeah. um, And then she did it against our Aussie squad, so it didn't make me feel as bad. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> even though we're getting pumped, the experience was so cool. It's just something different. Yeah. Um, we were bowling with Duke's balls, something I'd, I'd never really done before. Um, and, yeah, I mean, watching it and playing, it's kind of completely different things. So um, it's really easy, I feel like, for everyone to watch cricket and point out you know, what they would do better and what would they would do different. But when you're in the moment, it's actually really hard. And I really enjoyed that challenge of that three-day game. Um, and in England, those boundaries were so short and the mm-hmm. ground was really hard. And just the challenge of that was really cool. And, um, yeah, so to be able to bring that hopefully into a four-day test match against India in those conditions would be, yeah, unreal. And, Cheats, we won't make you relive um, all the tough times, but you've had many shoulder injuries, um, stress fractures, as you mentioned, and then you had um, a melanoma cut out of your leg. So after all of that, um, and then when you got get the call from Flags, um, tell us how that feels. Yeah, as I said, it was super emotional. Um, but in the same time, like I wouldn't change my journey in the slightest. Like it's got me to this point and yeah. I think it's taught me a lot um, outside of cricket and mm-hmm. the perspective on um, like the bigger picture. And as you said, I'm still 25, hopefully with a lot of cricket to play. So um, I think it set me up really nicely for this next maybe even 10 years. Who knows? Um, fingers crossed. But, um, yeah, it, it meant a lot just because I know like all the hours that we had to put in, not just for me, but our like triple SM team and our physios, our doctors, our, our, you know, strength and conditioning coaches, all the hours that they have put in to me. And it's a nice kind of little repayment that hopefully I can give to them and, you know, my family, my teammates, my friends, all the ones that have been there that whole time through, you know, some pretty crappy times, but um, at the same time, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. So, um, yeah, I'm really proud of this one and 
um, even if it is to run drinks, it's still an incredible experience and one I'm, I'm really grateful for. What were some of the, the things you learned throughout that time? And you said you wouldn't change anything. Um, what kept you coming back and fighting to get yourself back into elite cricket? Yeah, I mean, you can look at it from a lot of different angles, but I think being able to play a sport that connects me to my family and and um, I get to to play with, you know, these incredible women who inspire me in many different ways every day with such a diverse group of people. This is talking New South Wales cricket. Um, and we get to come together, you know, run a few laps around the field, lift some weight in the gym and then and then play a sport for a living, travel the country, travel the world and and call it a job at the same time. I just think that's so crazy that that's an opportunity for us, especially as women athletes, to be able to do it. Um, and then also um, just the way I approach different challenges in my life, I think, um, setting little small goals instead of, you know, chomping a bit, trying to just get straight back in has been really helpful. And, um, you know, when I, I talk about um, I work outside of sport as well in the disability sector and, and how that's also shaped my view on on what a challenge is really like, you know, when you go and, and work on a, on a kid who, um, you know, can't talk or can't get changed or can't do these things, mm. I'm like, oh, maybe a torn calf, you know, isn't that bad. So it's just put my life into perspective and 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 you know changed how how i see how lucky that i am and to be able to do what i can do and um i think that's always pushed me to be able to, to get back to to be on the park yeah so good so you mentioned your work um with people with disability are you able to tell um us and our listeners a little bit more about um what you do with what ability and what what ability is all about yeah so um basically what ability is a disability support service that um specializes in community access and camps so um to, to put it in its simplest terms, I get to take, I usually look after um, teenagers with autism um, who are literally my favourite people on the planet and I can take them out to a cafe, to the park, to the beach, um, out in the community doing, you know, anything that you and I would do um, yeah. day-to-day basis. But for some with a disability, it can be quite difficult at times. So supporting them through that process and at the same time um, trying to break down the stigma of people with disability and, and the community and, um, what ability do an amazing job of that through athletes? And, you know, if you see your favourite athlete, whether that be, you know, Angus Bell, Tom Trebovich, Maddie Proud, all Australian athletes in their own yeah. field, um, you know, with a child with Down syndrome at the beach and, you know, your old Joe Bo walks past and goes, oh, that, that's really cool. Like that's my, my sporting hero with a child with Down syndrome. And, yeah. and um, you know, maybe it inspires the next generation of support workers and um, giving it this new, like, fun, vibrant, young look. Mm. Um, I think sometimes mm. support work can be um, seen as maybe in uh, a more experienced job for people who are a bit older. But yeah. um, I think young people, especially athletes, are the perfect people for this job. Lots of energy. Um, yeah. We got kids on the back of jet skis and <laughs> at amusement parks. And, um, yeah, it's, as I said, it's put cr- my cricketing journey in a completely different space. And I have a lot of gratitude and I've got to thank those people a lot for, for all the work that they do. How did you get into it in the first place, Cheats? And did you expect that um, it was going to be such a big part of your life? No, at the time I had no idea. I was actually in a sling post a, a shoulder surgery. Um, yeah. And Steve, the CEO, just came out of nowhere and, and messaged me on Instagram saying, um, hi, this is what we do. Like, love to grab a coffee and yeah. chat to you about um, potentially coming on board. And I thought, you know what, I've got nothing better to be doing right now. I was in a bit of a bit of a rut, um, you know, going through another surgery operation. Yeah. And, um, I sat down at coffee and this guy was just telling me how he was going to change the world. Um, and he was so excited, he's so over the top. And if you meet Steve, you know what I'm talking about. Um, 
and I, I sat there and I believed him. I was like, this is, this is going to happen. And Let's I, I want to be part of it. So yeah, yeah um, I'll sign me up. I was signed up the next day and, um, you know, they're four years in now. So, so early in the journey, but yeah. um, we're all across Australia and um, yeah, hopefully changing the disability space for the better and, and got so much room to grow, which is just so exciting. Oh, awesome. And we saw um, the Waterbility crew at North Sydney Oval the other night. How special was that having them there and having those two worlds come together? Yeah, it was incredible. I um, I was able to give the, the pre-game talk to our Sixers crew and um, it was so surreal to see, yeah, as you said, my two worlds collide in, in sport and in work. And um, I was kind of trying to draw on that experience of, of how excited those um, those participants were to be at the game and I feel like how we could draw on that energy and, and put it into us on the park. And, um, yeah, the girls loved it. The participants absolutely loved it. Um, they've been chewing my ear off about it ever since. Aww. And um, Yeah, it was just so awesome. Like it's an experience that, you know, we wouldn't think twice about, but for them it's like their whole world and it's something that they're like a moment they'll cherish for so long and, um yeah, it just made that that time really, really fun, and um, we won the game as well. So massive win! <laughs> vibes. What are what, are, what are some <laughs> of the, like what are some of the reactions from like your team? Like, I'm assuming your teammates love being a part of that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I sent a message out before it happened, obviously, and asking if anyone had any questions to reach out because I can't assume that everyone knows about the disability sector because yeah. um, before I worked there, I didn't I didn't really know either, and. Um, I always encourage questions and queries. Um, that's only how we're going to grow. And they all had really, really cool questions about what we do and, and how they can help if they can help. And um, they could see the pure joy, especially Maddie, one of our older participants, um, always wears a, a jersey of some sort. He's got a jersey for every team, whether it be like Eagle Six of Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like random jerseys. He so absolutely good. loves it. Um, and just how happy he was. He was dancing around before the girls ran out and um, – when the girls found out I, I, I made the squad, they were saying how happy and proud Maddie would be. And, um, yeah, so Aww. to see them, um, my two worlds mesh like that is, is really special and it's something I hold on to dearly. And on the Sydney Sixers, um, you guys going up the water spout, um, poised in a pretty <laughs> pretty interesting little position here. How are, the, how are the Sixers girls feeling at the moment? I loved how you use water spout because at the moment all our messages have spiders in them and spouts and I love how that's common knowledge now. Yeah, um, yeah the group's in a really good space. Obviously, coming off four wins, um, most teams would be quite confident, but um, we know that our next four are going to be really challenging and I think yeah. we're up for that challenge. And, yeah, as I said, those top four teams are the four teams that we're up against. And, um, you know, if we can win those games, I think we quite rightly earn a spot in the final. So, um, yeah, it's been a really cool season so far. and. Um, yeah, obviously didn't start the way we wanted to, but mm. where we are, I feel like um, results pending, but it's still in our hands. If we yeah. win these four games, we're, in, we're looking pretty good. So um, we're hanging on to that quite tightly. And also something that's been really exciting is we've had different people step up at different times. You know, to see um, Tilly be played match last game, that yeah. makes me so happy to see. And um, she's <laughs> she been such awesome. a great inclusion into our squad. She was so cool. Yeah. And Casey up the other end as well, playing a yeah. really key role in that. And, um, you know, Ash has been great for us. Chloe Chine's been great for us. Susie down at six has done an awesome job. Malin mm. coming in to open the batting is something I never thought I would see on my cricket bucket list, <laughs> but it's like one of your favourite things. So, um, yeah, we're obviously missing Midge, but to see yeah. Mato up there doing a job has been unreal. What do you think it's been that um, sort of after the rocky start, like how have you sort of galvanised as a group and got on this, um, got a bit of momentum? Yeah, I think a few people have asked us that, and I don't think much has changed. I yeah. think in the first four or five games, mm. we didn't feel too far off. Um, we only missed a few of those games in, in pretty tight circumstances and the others I feel like it was more 
our mistakes rather than being potentially outplayed. We're obviously mm. playing some really high-class teams, but yeah. if we play to the best of our ability, we know we can beat anyone on the day. So I think it was just doing a little bit of digging as to, to what we maybe need to change um, and the brand of cricket that we want to keep playing, that fearless brand of cricket that maybe goes into Harding and you lose a couple of games. And yeah. um, I think you could see that in our first couple of games in Perth. We, we kind of went into our shell a little bit, and, and as soon as we do that, we're not going to play our best cricket. So mm. um, Lottie really encouraged us to just keep playing the way that we want to play. And um, if it if it doesn't go right, doesn't go right, that's T20 cricket for you. But, yeah, um, yeah we've got on this nice little role of, of playing our, our way and um, it's going well so far, so hopefully it continues. How's it, how's it been working with Lottie the last couple of seasons? I know lots of people rave about it. Yeah, she's been unreal. I think the way, especially in T20 competitions, you've got to bring a team together so quickly. Um, and the way she does that has been unreal. The way that, um, you know, the international she brings in, she's had experience with and she knows that a good people are going to gel well mm. with this team and, she just keeps encouraging people to play their own way and, and back themselves and in return she'll back you. I've, I've found that really um, incredible over the last couple of seasons, just how much she backs each individual player just to do their thing. Um, and when it's not going right, you know, she'll still hold you up and, and pull you through. And, um, yeah, she's someone who can have a joke um, and get along with the group, but at the same time we need to be told something, she'll say it straight away and everyone has all ears on her and, and has so much respect for her. So, um, you know, the first time I met her was was in – well, I played against her, but as a coach was in here at Cricket Central and she put up a slideshow yeah. of um, her and, you know, where she grew up, her favourite cool. drink, her karaoke mm-hmm. song. And just nice. as soon as someone does that, you feel like you know them. And yeah, right. And kind it. of just broke down that barrier. And yeah. she's obviously um, such a talented player and knows what it's like to be a player, which sometimes yeah. I feel like can be a little bit of a disconnect with coaches and players and – she mm. understands how hard the game is. Cricket is such a difficult game, and mm. especially the T20 format, and she understands that completely. So she's all for the ebbs and flows of the game, but yeah. um, at the end of the day, she's just an incredible coach, but like an even better person. So do you remember what? Do you remember what her karaoke song was? Um, oh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was... <laughs> Too wrapped up in the slideshow. It's a name of some sort. It's an I don't really know the song, but okay. Molly Strano apparently sings it really well as well, which I have no <laughs> okay. doubt is the case. All right, we'll um, do some digging. <laughs> yeah. So in a just over a week, cheats. Um, we've got a Sydney smash at the SCG. Um, could potentially be a very crucial clash. How how are the girls feeling about that one? Yeah, unreal. Um, we're we're really excited to be able to play back at the SCG again. So mm. it's been a long time since WBBL has been played on a a major stage like that and um, to see the the crowds kind of slowly build throughout the season especially at North Sydney has been great and um, you know the crowd numbers from what I've uh, from the um, TV numbers from what I've heard have been great as well so yeah yeah, it's going to be a really exciting opportunity to be able to play out there and yeah as you said it might come down to to win and make finals which I think would be an unreal scenario (laughs) for both teams so good Um, yeah yeah, I think it's building up to be great um and, yeah, we're all really looking forward to the opportunity to be back out there again. What's the rivalry like as a, a former Thunder player who now plays for the Sixers? Yeah, it feels like a long time ago since I played the Thunder. And, obviously, a lot of those girls are New South Wales-based, so my teammates for 80% of the year. And, um, you know, we go through pre-season, pre-season together. Um, we can pick out each other's game. And mm. that's what I think makes it the best is they know we know each other's games inside and out. Um, which also means you know exactly what I'm trying to do to you and they know exactly what I'm trying to do to them and and then it creates this really cool contest for us and at the end of the day we're all really good mates and the competition stays on the field and then we can go and have a a coffee after. Um, But, yeah, it's really 
be cool to see them do so well at the moment as well. I think they're, the Thunder girls started the season really well. Um, yep. and I'm just so pumped to see them, you know, have a really good start to the season. Hopefully yeah. it continues. But if it's between us and them, I, I do wish it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And just finally, did you have any like Christmas or summer plans that you had to quickly change or like um, just let your family know, sorry, I can't come to that one anymore? <laughs> Yeah, I'm really lucky. We've got a really low-key um, family Christmas. There's okay. my mum, my dad and my brother and we're now celebrating on the 10th of December instead nice. of the, the 24th. So, um, <laughs> the 25th. So, um, yeah, it's um, not much has changed. It's They're, they're absolutely wrapped for me. Um, and, yeah, I suppose they get to celebrate Christmas twice, so they should be happy as well. Correct, correct. Sheets, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, congratulations again. Can't wait to see you uh, don the green and gold and all the best against the Scorchers this afternoon. Should be a cracker. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.